Chapter 6 Enter Grendel Heorot waited, vulnerable to attack, silent and still, wooden horns reaching toward the night sky. There was no moon. Like a shadow that oozed silently from one shadow to another, a form made its way through the marshlands, past the rocky, fog-shrouded cliffs, and toward the mead hall. No one was watching from the rear of the hall, and if anyone had been, he might well have missed the dark movement entirely. Eventually, drawing close to the rear doors of the hall, Grendel reached out an inhumanly long, sinewy limb with claw-like nails on the ends of the fingers. Almost gently, he laid his hand, palm flat, upon the doors. Then his shoulders bunched, and with a thunderous roar, the iron-bound oaken doors burst inwards, tearing free from their supporting pins entirely. Needing to duck his head, the creature padded into the hall, his heavy breathing and the quiet slap of his bare flat feet on the flagstones plainly audible. As one man, everyone in the hall awoke and flinched in unison, heads tucked and knees drawn to chests, listening in the dark and hoping not to be the one the creature noticed first. Even Beowulf, laying down with his men, quite near where the rear doors now lay on the floor, remained where he was in order to assess his foe before confronting him. Grendel wasted no time. He grabbed Honshu, an unlucky Yetish warrior lying beside Beowulf, with shocking quickness and tore him open with his iron claws, gnawing at the screaming man's ribs and slurping greedily at the blood that fountained forth in thick gobbets over a table, bench, and a swath of floor. Then, like a child nibbling a carrot, in a surprisingly delicate motion, the yellow-gray teeth snipped off the man's hands and feet, and these two got savored and swallowed. In the midst of this, Beowulf raised himself up on one elbow, and as the creature passed near, snatched at Grendel's hand. The sharp smack of Beowulf's palm on the back of Grendel's wrist reverberated off the walls. Quiet cracking sounds coming from his knuckles as Grendel tried to pull his hand free, Beowulf held on with his bear-like strength. Although Beowulf's hands were huge, Grendel's left wrist, which Beowulf held in his right hand, was as thick as Beowulf's thigh. While Beowulf had Grendel by the wrist, Herod's mightiest and Beowulf's own Yeat men tried to help him by hacking at Grendel with swords and knives and smashing at him with warhammers, staves, and clubs. Every weapon glanced off the creature without doing him any harm at all. It didn't seem quite natural. If Beowulf himself had tried to dispatch Grendel with any sort of weapon, whether wood, stone, bronze, or iron, it would similarly have failed to break the skin. But this is not what Beowulf tried. Something inside Beowulf made him want to strive with Grendel man to man, so to speak, and without either being armed in any way that the other was not. So Beowulf slowly got to his feet, still holding Grendel's huge wrist in one hand. His teeth glinted from behind his beard, bared whitely in a fierce grin that people who'd fought alongside him had often seen. Standing upright now, the Yat wove from side to side slightly, assessing the situation. At first, Grendel was confused. He had never felt a grip like this one. He tried to pull his hand free and could not. Feeling terrifying, seemingly inhuman strength in Beowulf's grip, 
The creature started immediately to think of escaping at the doorway. Beowulf planted his heels and could not be pulled off balance by the larger creature. Then Grendel began roaring and flailing his other arm with its iron claw-like nails trying to tear Beowulf in his soft homespun shirt wide open. Beowulf sidestepped this without letting go. All Grendel's efforts achieved was to partly shatter a bench that was within reach and leave deep gouges across a tabletop and several feet of wall. The two combatants went around and around in a tight circle for a while, knocking over and breaking mead hall benches as they trod heavily upon them, smashing repeatedly into the walls. With all the thudding and crashing, and Grendel's enraged roaring, the battle could be heard by anyone living quite a distance from the mead hall. Then Beowulf pushed Grendel up against a wall, trapping Grendel's free arm against it, planted one booted foot against the creature's hip, stood on the other leg, and began pulling. At this point, he grabbed Grendel's wrist in his other hand, too. Looming awkwardly, gangling Grendel was trapped between Beowulf and the cedar boards of the rear wall. The two continued to strive back and forth. If not for the iron bands which tied together the structure of the hall, Beowulf and Grendel would certainly have done serious structural damage to the building, and as it was, the horned hall shook mightily and creaked like a ship battered from all sides in a wild storm. Arching his back and slowly turning a dark shade of scarlet, Beowulf pulled as he had never pulled before. His veins and sinews stood out alarmingly, and he was holding his breath with the effort. Grendel's roars of rage and threat started to turn into anguished groans of pain at that point. He struggled to free his trap off arm from between his body and the wall where it was wedged so he could scoop up Beowulf and bite his feet off. At first, it looked like it was only a matter of time before the looming, groaning, frantic creature got free and put an end to his tormentor. But then, with a sound like a mighty tree slowly falling, Grendel's shoulder started to pull out of socket. Wet, snapping, popping, tearing sounds continued. Beowulf growled with the effort, the leg he was balanced on shaking, the one planted against Grendel's body trembling, and beads of sweat pouring off his face. At that point, with a sickening, rending sound, Grendel's arm came right off at the shoulder, trailing a stream of dark blood, splinters of bone, and a shred of grayish skin. Beowulf fell straight over backward when the limb tore free, the immense arm landing directly on top of him as he continued to grip it tightly, a bench coming apart as it broke his fall. Then the mighty Yeat got up, took a determined step forward, and Onlooker swore he was about to start clubbing Grendel to death with the creature's own severed arm. The low growl that came from behind Beowulf's bared teeth at that point did not sound human at all. Grendel shrieked deafeningly and clutched at his ruined shoulder, then making a sound like a hungry kitten, fled heavily into the darkness, bleeding profusely and stumbling as he went. <laughs>